Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hey, it is the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune, not only on YouTube, which we'll get to here in a second, but the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the Hawaii Sports Network, and the Bet Las Vegas, where I am located now. I am not a rash. If you couldn't notice via YouTube or my voice, Adrian Hernandez in the host position today, driving us because the rash is at the All Star game in Seattle. But joining me to my hold on a second, because if you're to my right, then on the screen, you're to my left. I think it's the opposite. To my right, Brandon Deutsch joins us. Brandon, what's popping? Doing well, man. Doing well. Um... You know, a big fan of what the Angels did on day one of the draft. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, but the Dodgers, they got a real stud in round two. I'm surprised they got that third baseman from Virginia. That was an excellent pick. He's got MLB draft knowledge, too. We're also joined by Armani Buckets. Armani, what's popping, man? Yeah, uh, glad to be here. Summer League is, it feels like once the weekend ends, Summer League dies down a lot. Obviously, we had Victor, but also unfortunate injuries to Amen Thompson, Scoot Henderson. So I feel like we kind of um, got a little bit of the short end of the stick because obviously we wanted to see those guys for a few games, but at least we got Victor for a few and, then, and look, we'll start right there um, because, Brandon, you joined us uh, for segment two yesterday to start off the week. And uh, we were heavy baseball talk, which we'll get to in the second segment of the show. But we got your your quick thoughts on Wemby. And I kind of want to explore Wemby and his performance over these two games and overanalyze it like the world's doing because we have nothing else to do here in July. Um, for me, look. The first game jitters, I didn't really care what he did. Um, Obviously, two for 13 isn't ideal, but like this dude didn't know who his teammates were um, until the moment he showed up. They didn't practice. They didn't do anything. They're not running plays for him because they didn't. They're not running actual sets. And to be honest, they didn't even have a point guard. So there was no one there to set it up and... Victor's mentality, like he was very chill. If there's one note that I was kind of disappointed is throughout the two games, there wasn't one moment or one possession on offense where you verbally and physically saw him demand for the ball in the post. Like he was like, nah, if it comes, I'm chilling. If it doesn't, I'm chilling. Like this is bigger than me. Um, but I, I just I, I don't want to like overreact on that first first performance. He did mention conditioning. I was worried about that. Um, you could kind of tell in the first game. He just you could just tell that he was tired. He he'll he'll get that. Um, I felt like there was a couple moments where he was lazy, and that could be just summer league vibes. But the one thing I do worry about is because his body and he is so tall that if he sets a lazy pick. If he does something lazy, the contact with someone else's body, like where if me and Brandon ran into each other, we're knee to knee. It's not knee to knee with him. If a point guard tries to go over something, he's hitting him in his shin. And there was one instance in the first game where it looked really disgusting on slow-mo replay. But 
Like, that's a dangerous thing. It's not just every time he falls, everyone's like, did he shatter? But it's like, yo, you need to be physical. You need to do everything with purpose because the way people are going to react to you, like you might get seriously injured. Um, and, and I'll dive more, but let me let me pass the ball over to Brandon uh, to kind of get your deep thoughts on Wimby and his performance. Yeah, I thought he played excellent um, in that game on uh, Sunday. I mean, he scored 27 points. He was getting to the free throw line a lot. I mentioned this the other day um, that he's going to get calls. They want him to succeed. The NBA wants him to succeed. He's the poster child. He's supposed to be the face of the NBA within a few years. He's Everything's going to go his way right on that. Again, he's a, a tough guy to block. So at the same time, it's one of those things where um, if you try to block him, it's, it's not going to go well for you, right? Because you're either going to foul him or he's going to shoot over you, right? And you're going to hit his hand a lot because you're trying to jump to even get close to blocking his shot. Um, and just the skill set, him, the step back uh, jumper, the man, uh, the dribbling, getting to the rim, tipping his own. I mean, Porzingis can't move like that. I said this yes, yesterday on yesterday's show. Porzingis cannot move like that. Anybody that says, oh, he's Kristaps Porzingis or Chad Holmgren. No, they can't move like Victor Wembanyama. He also defense, can't. Yeah, go I ahead. Just, I just really quick wanted to say something. He's also not Steph Curry from the three-point line. Like, well, of course he can, not. He can't shoot. Well, I just think, I just think with the the way that the way the world is and the highlights that we've seen, like he can hit a jumper. You just mentioned them. Like he'll hit that J. He's not awful from it. But what I'm saying is, is like he'll probably be high twenties to low thirties from three. He's not going to be around thirty-seven mm. to forty percent. At least not now. At least yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I agree. In his first year, he'll be thirty-four percent from three. I truly believe that. I think you really think this is a year process with him because you mentioned that you mentioned yesterday too with like even his body. Where like to me, like Giannis is the perfect like example. Like it isn't. It is a two to three to four year process to really become that big body. Like if that's his plan, it's kind of like Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley's on that same thing where he needs to buck up. Yeah. But I'll, I'll interrupt you for a sec because I don't think Wemby needs to do that. Right. Like I think he's a Kevin Durant type, right? Like Kevin Durant has never gotten bigger. He refuses to hit the gym. Right. So at the same time, it's like, and he succeeded. I know he's gotten hurt a few times, but I think when Binyama couldn't become uh, Kevin Durant offensively and Anthony Davis defensively. I think he can become that good. And I know it sounds crazy because Kevin Durant was definitely a more advanced shot maker entering the league than Victor Wembanyama. Can't you know his handle was similar to Wembanyama. Obviously, his defense never is going to be as good as Victor Wembanyama. Though Kevin Durant was a good defender in his time, especially. Um, when he was on Golden State and they won the championship, he kind of stepped up there. Um, I will say this. I think it's a two-year process, three-year process for him to reach superstar level. I think he's going to average well over 22 points per game his, his rookie year because the summer league moves slower than the NBA. And he put up 27 points in that. And that was kind of easy for him. He's going to have some nights where he has like eight or 10. And we saw that with Paolo. Like Paolo had nights where he was the worst player in the NBA. Like he had four points and was one for 25 from the floor. Right. Like we won't see it to that extent. It's going to be more like we saw the first summer league game. But that nine points is going to be 18 points on an inefficient shooting. Like his worst night is going to be like 16 to 18 points. He'll get rebounds. He'll block shots. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting 24 points per game close to that for Victor Amanyama is this rookie year. And my guy Armand has been sitting patiently. He's been waiting. The ball's in your court, my man. You got the 24 seconds on the shot clock. What do you feel? I feel, I agree with with both of your takes. I think the Durant thing 
is Brandon, you mentioned it. Durant was 40% from three in college. Victor was 27% from three. The biggest thing that worries me about Victor is just how long it's going to take him. It, it, I shouldn't use the word worry because I'm not worried about him, but we've seen some of the ball handling, uh, the turnovers and the shooting. It's going to take a minute for him to develop his skill set. The interesting thing about San Antonio is that their offseason, they really didn't do much to the roster. Their roster looks very similar to how it did last year. So it's a lot of emphasis on guys like Trey Jones to set up Victor. I don't know if their their regular season roster is going to look, you know, a lot different than their summer league roster. I feel like they're going to have a really tough time just getting Victor quality shots, but I think he's good enough and I think that that's kind of maybe part of their process is hey, we don't mind if it's harder for you. We want it to be a little bit harder so you can develop those skills. Um, Brandon, yeah, I know you want to chime in here. Yeah, I was just going to say I don't expect him like to enter. I think he's going to have a more rapid development than Kevin Durant, if that makes sense. Like, I think Kevin Durant entered the league already one of the best shot makers in the NBA. Like, we even saw his rookie year for the Supersonics at 19. He was killing dudes and getting his shot up. Like, I think Victor, like, is going to struggle with that three-point shot. Like Adrian said, like, between 29 and – I'm going to say 34. I'm more optimistic when he has guys that aren't, like, working a nine-to-five, throwing them – no offense, throwing them the ball and getting them open, like Trey Jones instead of, you know, whoever the, the heck they had playing point guard. Like, no offense. They didn't I'm have sorry. a point guard. And, but uh, exactly. Like, I just really want to – like, Trey Jones is an actual – capable NBA point guard that will set him up exactly. and put him in a position, which is going to be a world of difference. And I think like the Kevin Durant, they're playing two different positions though. So like, I don't need him to be shooting and pulling up. Like, I don't need that from you, Victor. That's not what we got you here for. Eventually we can go to that and you'll have that in your bag, but I'm going to need you in the post. I'm going to need you to get, get, I'm just saying, I'm going to need you to get your ass beat like you're going to because there's dudes that are going to be more physical with you. And you even saw that in some of the post, the post touches that he was trying to get where the other dude's like, no, I'm going to bump you off and I'm going to slide underneath you. So he's it's it's a maturation process and it's going to take time. But you, you both of you guys bringing up that, like, at least Trey Jones, who's who like he's not some future NBA all star or whatever, but he's an actual point guard. And like that makes such a difference because the Spurs don't have one on their summer league roster. They're obviously not that good of a team. And everyone's out there hunting for a job where Victor's like, I'm good. And I said this on my podcast, as good as Keldon Johnson is, um, I think they need to trade him because I think he ball hogs a little too much, as good as he was a few years ago from three-point range and the way he can move versus, uh, he has some versatility defensively. I think you can only have a certain amount of shot makers on that roster alongside Victor because you're going to need to get him 20, 25 shots a game right, to, to get on his development. And I think I would be looking for value that I think you can get in return for Keldon with um, how do I say this? Like accompanying pieces, right? That would fit him because you have Bronham, who's a who's a pure scorer. You have uh, who who am I missing? That's a pure scorer besides Keldon and Bronham. Devin Vassell. No, Vassell isn't. But I feel like Vassell. He is a pure, he is a pure, pure I, scorer. I, yes, but I feel like he he's an excellent slasher and cutter, which I think is unlike Keldon. I feel like, in my personal opinion, watching him play, which I think fits with Victor on his uh, secondary playmaking, right? So I think Vassell is a perfect complement to Victor. I don't think Keldon Johnson is because he ball hogs too much. 
And I, I, I hate to say it, he was inefficient last year. I still think he has talent, but I think the value, you have to trade him. And last thing I'll say about Victor before you go, Armand, I don't think Victor is soft. We have these questions about him. I think he responded well, and I think he he prepares well. He didn't go out to that party the night before. He has He's locked in. He wants to be an all-time great, and I think he's going to do it. <laughs> I actually... Um... I think Keldon is the perfect slasher cutter for Victor. Vassell, I'm interested to see how they develop him because his offensive arsenal, he can be a 20 to 25 point per game guy next season. Um, I expect him to have the the most ball handling responsibilities on this team uh, besides obviously Trey Jones, but I don't know how much they, they really trust Trey Jones to be the primary point guard. But when it comes to Victor, you know, we talked about Kevin Durant. When Kevin Durant came into the league, it was a lot of trying to figure out what position he is at the beginning. He was playing a lot of shooting guard. He was playing small forward, power forward. He was doing a little bit of everything. And I, I feel like we're seeing that as well with Victor, where it's like, you know, a lot of possessions, he's guarding guys in the corner. The, the possessions that he's playing um, off the ball defending on the in the corner I wish he would be a little bit more assertive protecting the rim there because it feels like anytime he wants to he can block a shot but it feels like he picks and chooses his spots and that's okay I just wish he we're, we're critiquing two games in but I wish he would protect the rim a little bit more than we've seen and I'm I know it's gonna happen but so Armand overrated no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm he tried. Hey, Armand was trying to hit hit me with that. Britney Spears put a axe on him. I had to call him out. I, I knew he was going to dominate. Armand, you got to have faith. We can't be rea- in this culture, in this society. We're too reactionary. Like guys are writing off people so quick. We've been writing off Ben Simmons for three years now. Fact of the matter is Ben Simmons is 26 and can still become an elite player. He's 26. He's young. Will, will he? Will he? Probably not because he can't stay healthy. And when he's on the court, he's scared to shoot the basketball. But I'm saying we are so quick to write guys off. Victor had one game he couldn't shoot well, and oh, he's a bust. And it's like he, that doesn't change anything. Trey Young had 12 points and was like two out of 15 in his two games in the summer league, and he's a star offensively. And that is exactly why I am not ready to write off Brandon Miller at all. A lot of people are, are, you know, saying four for 18. He keeps fouling all these, you know, negative talks about summer league. We talked about Victor and his lack of NBA caliber players. Brandon Miller is going to have LaMelo Ball making life easy for him or at least easier for him when he reaches the NBA. So I agree with you, Brandon. We have to stop being so reactionary, especially when these guys are brand new to the NBA I feel like we don't really learn much through Summer League besides the fact that Victor's going to be incredibly exciting. Um, but in terms of, like, what have we actually learned? Okay, like, Keontae George, he's a sleeper. Okay, that's cool. But I'm not ready to write off anybody based on really poor Summer League. And Brandon Miller has been really, really poor in the Summer League. But, yeah, that just I needed to get that off my chest. Jabari Smith, future MVP, based on yesterday. And that's the other one. Second-year guys in the summer league, I also cannot go too high or too low. If if he played terribly, that would be an indication of something's off. Yeah. 
he's playing great, which is great for him. I can't be too impressed because that's what you should be doing, honestly, as a second-year guy. Yeah, right? what scares me, and that that's a great point, Armand, excellent point, because Ivy hasn't been as consistent in his second year in Summer League, and I was super high on Ivy. I thought he was the best player in last year's draft. Um, obviously, it's probably Paolo if we're going off rookie season or Jalen Williams. But I had Ivy ranked as the number one guy. If I'm as a John Morant clone, the fact of the matter is he hasn't worked on his jumper. He can't shoot that well, even though he had an excellent last month of the season where he averaged 21, like six and six with Cade out. And I don't know how he's going to fit with Cade, who's probably 10 times the player Ivy is right now. Like I think Cade's maturity at his age and his ability to impact the game on offense and defense, he has to have the ball in his hands at all times. So for me, seeing Ivy go five out of 17 as a sophomore in the summer league when he was better the last time we saw him in the summer league, then you can start. I mean, it's early. Obviously, he still has tons of time to become an excellent NBA player. But that is the one. Party. He was at that party the night before. <laughs> Ivy, he was, you were there? I don't give out any names. I <laughs> live in a city that hosted the party. I was told he was there. Based on how the, the Pistons were moving on Sunday, you could tell that some of them were there. So that has to play into, to like, you know, just like uh, here's, here's, here's a Here's an idea. Don't go out and party. Focus on <laughs> grind. Bro, I'm sorry. Oh the all-time oh greats. Oh and I, at right now. Right now. Like he has to go. did party. Michael well, they Jordan. do, but in the offseason, this is summer league. He can party in two weeks when summer league's over. Wait a minute, but this is a Michael Rubin party. I know you saw the July 4th music video. This I don't care. Dropped. I wouldn't go if I, was, if I had a game the next day. Time out. Excuse me. Hold on a second. Brandon, you're the number one pick. You got a game on Sunday. And Saturday, there's a party with whatever celebrity Girl, you're fantasizing over Rihanna, whoever, and you know they're going to be there, multiple, not just one. You're not going. The what only reason, is, hold on, hold on. The only re- Sunday's game was at 6 p.m., so he had plenty of time. But uh, for Wembyama, if you're talking about, but for me, I, it would be more about building connections and meeting people, not not women, like because I'm I'm a loyal dude, so like I don't even I don't even look at other women really like that. But um, I, I'm already married, straight up, like basically. So, like, for me, like, I don't give a crap. I don't do drugs. I don't drink at all, even an ounce of anything. So, like, for me, it's just about making connections and business connections. That's the only mindset I would think if I was going to go. So, possibly, I'll take that back. Maybe I would have gone if that was the reason. But if it's just, like, a party on the strip, like, I'm not trying to go no, out to the strip until 4 a.m. This isn't. This isn't <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say is this isn't a party at the strip. We're not going to Dre's. We're not going to whatever other 50 million different clubs on the strip. I'm talking about going to a Michael Rubin party. Armand, are you going to a Michael Rubin party? Of course, Following Armand's up. going. Armand's single. Of course he's going to the party. But I don't think that matters, bro. This is like a this is like the NBA version of the Met Gala. Like July 4th was crazy, bro. Everybody was there. Like that was nuts. Well, if you have like an 11 a.m. game, I agree with Brandon, which is why I think the timing yeah. of your Sunday game is important. If you play at 3 p.m., you're going to feel, you know, some of the after- I, I, Listen, I'm not going to go if I can't have a good time. So, if I go I am going to have a good time. I will not be sober. But 3 p.m., you're kind of pushing it a little bit close. If it's a night game the next day, oh, you will see me there, and you will probably see me on TMZ the next day and all the good stuff that comes with, dude, a Michael Rubin party. Yeah, I, I would have to have to go. But, yeah, if it's – You know, I respect it. 
I respect all in or not at all. That's my mindset on life. You can't go half whatever, anything. I'm not going to cuss on radio, but you got to go all in. Put, you know, put your whole, like for me, it's about winning. It's about moxie. Like you go all out at everything you do. I don't care what it is. You're going to be, this is a motivational advice. You're going to be working as a janitor. I don't give a, give a crap. Be the best janitor in the world. You're going to go do this. Be the best at what you can do. All work well, ethic. Hold the TED Talk for one second. That mentality about being the best will do it. Segment two. We'll be back right after this. Arash Markazi's at the All-Star Game. We're in form holding it down. The Arash Markazi show presented by the Sporting Tribune. We'll be back in a matter of moments. But wait a second. Hold on a second. Because I also need to get used to the people that are not only listening to us on the radio. But for those watching us on YouTube, please be assured that you're at home, you're at work right now, and you want to visually see us, and you want to see Brandon's wonderful hat with some roses on it. You want to see Armand's gaming chair with the comfy backside, YouTube.com at the Sporting Trib. You can get us from now on, since yesterday until the future, the Arash Markazi Show 2.0 is now going digital as well. In the future, we got some announcements on some streaming services, but we're on YouTube with all of our content from the Sporting Trib. Like I said, Arash Markazi's at the All-Star Game. He's got all that stuff up in there um, and a whole bunch of other stuff from the entire place, including our show, the Arash Markazi Show from the Sporting Tribune. We'll be back after this. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The Arash Markazi Show is back, of course, always presented by the Sporting Tribune. Of course, Arash is not here because you don't hear his voice. He's fancy. He's at the All-Star Game in Seattle covering, of course, the MLB All-Star Game. So, Adrian Hernandez is in pilot position, and this is the point of the show where Arash gives out a phone number for people to call and to let you know that you can win tickets and give us your hot takes. I don't know that number. So again, I'm just going to let people know that we are now streaming our shows and they're available for video consumption. Be sure to subscribe and check us out. YouTube.com slash at the sporting trib T R I B all of our coverage whether it's from the Angels, all the West Coast teams, the All-Star Game, press conferences, post-game press conferences, our other podcasts, this show, and so much more is all on there on YouTube. So go check that out, of course, here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio of Southern California, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Bet Las Vegas. And uh, I'm in here in the Bet Las Vegas studio, but I'm joined with some friends. Brandon's joining us, Armand. And Grant, Grant Mora, Grant, how are you, my friend? Thanks I'm for coming doing, on. I'm doing really well. Uh, Vegas is kind of a center point of, of sports right now. I kind of love it. I was going to say this yesterday, but I know it's cutting out a lot. But, like, Vegas is awesome. But they I will. just want to mention 2026. Silver has pushed this long enough. I'm sorry. I've lost a ton of respect for Silver, like, recently. Uh, we can start with that first. He was my favorite commissioner. And then he came out with this BS, like, the NBA is not talented enough for an expansion, like, a few years back. And I was like, dude, there's guys in the G League dropping, like, 35 a night that when COVID happened, which obviously sucked, guys were hurt. They came up to the big leagues, the NBA, 
and they were putting up 20 like nothing. Omar Yurtsevin was dominating 20 and 10, like, and he doesn't even get a minute. And you're telling me the talent, you can't expand. The NBA should have expanded to 32 years ago. Years ago. There should be a team in Seattle and Vegas. And it's this is disrespectful to the people in Seattle, who's one of the best basketball cities in the world. And obviously Vegas needs a team, and that's that's more for media and marketing. I don't know how much. I'm sure they love basketball. No, 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 there. no, no. That's for the people much. that live here. This is a basketball city. The okay, I didn't know that. I don't live there. Well, UNLV, the running rebels, go on HBO yeah. or what is it called now? Go on Max and you'll check it out. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about HBO. Winning time. Winning here time. Yeah, up. yeah, because Tar Tarkanian or what, what is it, Tarekian? Oh, What's his name? Oh my goodness. Listen, <laughs> I'm the I'm the only one here butchering people's names because I don't know nobody, okay? <laughs> nobody else. Um, look, we, we touched on Wemby. Um, we went heavy into summer league, thankfully, but the games weren't the only things that happened when it came to comes to the NBA. Um Adam Silver Saturday on ESPN NBA today an awkward ass 30 minute presentation about this NBA in season tournament. Let me go over to the ESPN graphic. We now know what's going on. All 30 teams from around the league will be competing. Basically, all the regular season games will lead up as we get closer to December. There are six different groups, very World Cup style. There'll be semifinals and finals here in Las Vegas. It's <clears throat> like it's like an algebra problem for one plus one equals two, like how they put this together. They could have just easily said, hey, the best two teams leading up to December 7th or the best four will be in a four team playoff real quick, because that's really what it is like. The, the the six groups are just going to confuse people because no one even cares about the divisions that we have now in basketball. Um. It seemed this was a money grab. This is why this was created, but there really isn't stakes. There's half a million dollars for the players. Whoop-de-doo. I saw Dylan Brooks smiling at everybody on Summer League because he knows that he robbed Houston of $80 million. And God bless him because I'm never going to count someone else's wallet. You know what I mean? Get that money. But basically, this is what we have. It's an NBA Cup. It's not even a cup trophy. You know what I'm saying? It's a cool-looking trophy, but it's still kind of weird. And I don't know what to make out of this. I just don't get why it's here. Armand, what do you make of the announcement? Yeah, I... I I was really against the playing tournament and now I am a proponent of it. So I would say that I'm probably against this going into it, but open-mindedly against it. So I'm going to go in and see how it feels in the first year. And if, you know, if the guys, you, it, the beginning of the season is what it is. We all know that the beginning of the season is typically a boring mundane time of the year. But with this, you could have a lot of exciting games. And I feel like the Vegas stuff is going to be a hit. I, I really, I, I think that once you get to the final four, those are going to be must-see games. And which games in early December are must-see TV? I don't think we ever have that unless you have, you know, a guy on a new team or a new situation, kind of like we have in Phoenix. You wouldn't get these must-see games. And also... As I think uh, last week you were mentioning this, Adrian, is you have the cities that aren't typically deep in the NBA playoffs. They could get deep in this NBA Cup tournament and maybe get their fan bases riled up. Uh, I don't and know about also, that now. I don't know about that now because it's not set up in a tournament format because it's just the regular season playing out. Like 
they're just going to be what it is. But continue. I'm sorry. I just wanted to throw that in there because now I have hesitation about that. Well, let's say Brandon Miller and his Hornets, who he predicted would make the NBA Finals. Let's this say they true. make. Let's say they make it to Vegas and they get to the Final Four of this. I feel like the residual effects of that will have the fan base excited for the rest of the season, as long as they keep performing well. Stuff like that, I feel like, could be a unintended positive consequence. Yeah. Yeah. Adrian, you there? I think we lost Adrian. Oh, I am, I am back. I oh, am there back, Grant. There you go. We're passing you had, it to you. You had to friend. fall off for a sec just to come back. It's all good. <laughs> That's right. Well, like you know, what I wanted to mention about about this this tournament is that you know, like like Armand said, it brings incentive to the teams that don't really get to experience this. Much like we saw with the playing tournament. I understand, you know, Adrian, your your stance on it, where it's it's kind of formatted just like the regular season until you get to Vegas. So it's really not in that environment. But you know, like Armand said, if you're playing for something, anything in that that short amount of time in the regular season, especially in a part of the regular season where fans are still a little bit buzzed about their team, you know, you get new rookies in, you know, you have new faces. It's kind of, it does create a little bit of a buzz. And if you win in that tournament, I don't care what tournament it is. You know, when I played baseball, any tournament that we're in, we just got up for it. And I feel like, you know, guys will do that on these lower teams. Maybe not the contending teams that have been to the playoffs multiple times that have won a title already. You know, like, like Denver probably won't put much thought into it because they just won a title at the highest peak level of basketball you can get. But for a team, I hate to say this, like the Clippers that have never experienced the championship, the fans are going to love, I, I hate to say this, if they even get there because they're in a group with two teams that they've never beaten before in the Pelicans and the Denver Nuggets. So they may not even get that far. But if they do, that's something they've never tasted. I know it's a tournament in the regular season, but it's something that you can say, hey, look, we, we're playing for something a little special at least. Maybe we get a taste of a championship here and there because I don't think they will get to the championship this upcoming year. But it gives those teams that have never won anything at least some incentive, at least some fun. The legacy of Elton Brand will not be shamed on this show <laughs> while I'm host. Brandon, what do you make of the tournament, my friend? You're muted. My bad. I don't know. I rarely make that mistake. Man, I am falling off. Now I just got to come back with this. <laughs> it's the hey, in the back. It's, sometimes uh, you just, sometimes you got to fall off to come back. back up, but you're exactly, here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I pulled the Adrian from two minutes ago. My bad. Uh, two second mute. Um, but I'll say this. Um, I am, it's growing on me. It's growing on me for two reasons. One, these are our relationship with the tournament. Both. Both. You can Love come over hear. anytime, but you live in Vegas. Uh, so I, I'll say that when I'm in Vegas, I'm going to come visit you though, Adrian. Uh, I, I didn't say that you, anyway, <laughs> I'll be there. I'm coming to your door. Whether you invite me in or not, is, is, uh, you it's in. up You're to you. You're a sweetheart and you got a cool hat. So I yes. appreciate you. I appreciate you. I need to meet your son too, but back onto the topic of this. Um, I, look, these are meaningless games anyways, right? So I look, I'm not a fan of it meaning something when we talk about career accolades in the future, like this guy is an NBA cup. Like, I don't care about that. I care about championships. I still am a firm believer of that. But for Adrian, you brought up a good point a few days ago on the show where you said, 
look, this is what about for the smaller market teams? Like this is huge for them getting their fan base to watch games like this. The group play thing, it succeeds in soccer. It makes sense here. But again, that's at the biggest stage in the World Cup. You're never going to have a group play thing similar to that unless it's the NBA Finals. That would be the equivalent to, I guess, the World Cup or a Premier League championship in the NBA. But at the same time, these are meaningless games anyway. So it's going to get more of an incentive for people to watch. I think it's there's no downside at the moment unless we start comparing career accolades from this NBA Cup. Well, look, ultimately what this ends up being is that now on every graphic that you see leading up to when is the semifinals, December 7th, and the finals December 9th here in Las Vegas. Basically, any national game or whenever they do the, you know, between a free throw and they show the schedule for the week, every game is going to have the NBA Cup logo underneath because every game is an NBA Cup game, technically. And at the end of it, we're going to have the four best teams in the league at that point facing each other, which assumingly will have a champion and the Nuggets facing against who knows the Suns, whatever it's going to be four contenders and the cup, like it is what it is. I brought up when we were talking about, well, what is this going to be? Is this going to be for the top teams? Is this going to be for lottery teams? Is this going to be the whole league? Well, the WNBA does the whole league last year. What happened? It was the aces against the Chicago sky. The skies were the champ. The sky was the champion from the year before the aces, of course, went on to win the championship last year. And even this year, we now know the aces are back in it. So you're getting the top two teams facing each other. And at that point, there is going to be, there's going to be pride in that where it's kind of like the Christmas game where you know that spotlight's going to be there. And even the thing that I like the most about it too is that for the WNBA, the championship game is determined like whoever has a better record, they just host the game. This is different. They're going to Las Vegas. So even if the players don't want to have that energy or put all that stake or give their 150% like it's game seven of the finals, like there's going to be so much excitement in that arena because of the opportunity presented to this city to be able yeah. to showcase itself, which will add a little boost. And like, I still don't know, like whatever. It's cool. We've got that moment. That's cool. I guess I just, it was to me, it's just going to be, it's going to end up being one of these things. That's like a game mode in 2k and, will be used in an argument hilariously like 10 years from now when we're determining who should be making the Hall of Fame and Brandon's going to lose his crap when someone says, well, he won three NBA Cups. It's not his fault. His team sucked, but he led him there. Product of the generation, soft. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what do you the mean? You are part of this generation. Yeah, but I sure as heck aren't soft unless I go into the paint. Do you play uh, video I'm, games? Uh, do I? Uh, Please 2K. Oh, I know he does he dynasty throws. stuff. You know, he transformed the Spurs into a powerhouse, which they probably will hear soon, but he's Everyone adamant on doing out. the dynasty. My bad, my bad, my bad. My bad, my bad. Now can you hear me? I, I yeah, yeah, I can I, hear I, you. I don't know what happened. Uh, I'll say Come this. Back I'm, a again. Product, I'm a product of my generation in the sense where I'm not allergic to the paint. Like I can bang inside at six six, but I play guard. Like that that's what I do. I play guard, I play guard and forward like that's how that's how I play I need the ball in my hands I'm a playmaker like Luca like that's what I do when I go to the park even at 6'6 
uh, if you told the old heads that, they'll be like, what, you, what are you doing at the park being the tallest guy bringing up the ball? Get you, you know what, in the paint. <laughs> and I feel like that's the difference in the, like, we're just like younger generation. I wouldn't say is soft. I just feel like they're more open to different things that can succeed, that can generate success. That's what, what I would say. Yeah, I feel you because like no, I was quoting media, what people say on Twitter as the as the. I feel the you. And also, NBA. you were saying the park. Like, did you mean like the real life park or the NBA Two K park? Because I asked you about video. No, games. no, no. Oh You'll, no, I play. I, I I don't play online usually. I like playing my GM. I'm like number five in the world or something on it because <laughs> no one plays it. No but, one plays it. So I'm like number. I was number two in the world at one point at my GM. But. We might have to get number one on the show and like kind of let you guys spar. Uh, it must be a video game. No one could play it more than I used to. So it must be um, like a um like a what does my dad say? Like one of those monkeys on the computer <laughs> doing something like you know just have a monkey there clicking things so it gets points, action points or whatever. Or like a, now it's AI. It probably is an no, AI. They're thing. bots. They're bots. Bots. You think you can think on like a bot that. and in my GM? I think you could. <laughs> you turn the Spurs into a powerhouse in my GM. So I yeah, I won you know. six straight championships with the Spurs. <laughs> Big congratulations. Um, let's move on real quick. I do want to touch on baseball. Of course, tonight MLB All Star Game still a thing, I guess. Um, ALs won ten straight, but. Tomorrow, I feel like we're going to go heavier baseball. You know, boss man's at the game. He's getting sound clips. He'll, he'll get to talk about what was in catering and how comfy his seat was. <laughs> and if he got like a free Xbox because Microsoft and Amazon, like whatever they're doing in Seattle. Actually, I really want to go. I want to go to Safeco Field. Uh, I know it's a little older now, but it's still like a beautiful ballpark. But earlier today, it's drop the top 10 selling jerseys three dodgers on there i believe right yep yep three dodgers are on that list um out of the top 10 and real quick by the way just just the fyi because because i'm here to give knowledge when you buy a fitted from new era at a ballpark the team gets all the money when you go to lids and you buy the hat not only is the price different because Lids has bumped it up to, I think they're like $42 or $44.99 for a fitted when they used to just be $34.99. Uh, Lids keeps all that, and the team doesn't get it. So don't think that you're like helping the Rays have a bigger payroll um, just because you did that. But look, at in the top 10, Otani um, is number one. I know my boy. He's not my boy. Excuse me. Jose Altuve is number five. I have lost my list, so I don't know who's two, three, and four. I believe Mookie is three. Um, any surprises with this list, though, with Otani being number one, Brandon? All right, he's number two, right? Isn't Acuna one in Jersey sales? Is Acuna one? Acuna is one. From what I saw Whoa. today on the list, Otani two. That's um, an incorrect. That makes sense. That makes sense because um, if we just talk about how many how many Latino fans and the Latino players in or Latinx, uh, you know, I don't want to miss miss. Uh, Say Be that, very careful, Brandon. Players. Yeah, yeah. But basically, uh, how many fan base the Latin community has, the amount of people there and the amount of players that represent them. It makes sense that, o that Otani's two, as good as he is, he's also in a small, I know it's a big market, but let's be real. The Angels suck. They're, it's embarrassing. So it's like right now, right now. So it makes sense that no one would want the jersey if they're not winning. Like uh, Acuna is literally the best player on the best team in the MLB. That's kind of the reason why. Well, you bring up a great point. And listen, you you want to bring a you want to bring up people sucking and being terrible. I felt like I've done a bad job hosting because the only reason that I brought this up 
was because I really just wanted to ask everybody. Like, we're now grown adults. I'm older than you guys. I've joined the 30 Club now because I'm 30 years old. But are we still wearing jerseys really quick? Let's go around the room. Uh, also, last laughing? thing. Last thing. Also, why Otani's too? He's probably going to leave. So why would you buy an Angels Otani jersey? True. Grant, you still wearing jerseys, bro? Any sport? Doesn't matter? Yeah, I am. I, I still wear jerseys. I think they're pretty cool. I know there's a like, like there's a, this, there's been this turn of like, oh, should adults wear jerseys? I'm like, yeah, man. I'll I never put another man's name on yeah, my back. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? No, I'm I, man. Do. I do. I think they look cool. I mean, I think they they look pretty too, pretty cool. So I'm good. What with do you? That. What's your preference though? With that chain, uh, you probably do baseball right. Let that chain hang, right? <laughs> I do the baseball right, but I actually prefer the basketball jerseys. I mean, Brandon, I've gone to plenty of games with Brandon. Undershirt and games. Oh yeah, undershirt for sure. I, I can't. I don't have the guns like Brandon does, so I can't show it off like that. So I got to wear the undershirt of the sweater. But hey, it makes for a good outfit. I'll tell you. Leave that. the Clippers alone, Armand. Are you wearing jerseys? <laughs> yes. Uh, do what makes you happy. I think that. You know, I don't think I wear them often, but a few times, especially in the summer or uh, old school jerseys to the gym. I like that idea as well, but I don't have that Doing many. sleeves, any accessories or just the jersey? If I'm going to wear it like to the beach, then it's sleeveless. But if I'm going to go to a game, then sleeves. Jim, yeah. what are we doing? Nice. Uh, Jim, me. Or go no, ahead. Hold on, Armand. Let's go. This is really important. Jim, uh, no sleeves, and ideally the Reggie Miller throwback jersey that I have. That's the oh, one I, I tend to wear to the gym. Wow. We only got yeah. a few minutes. We got to get – Brandon, hurry up. You, jerseys or no? <laughs> I don't usually wear jerseys, but I will. Like I have a Braun jersey. I'll wear to Laker games. I'll uh, – you know, I will probably get an Austin Reeves jersey. So – you had to say his name before we close out. <laughs> I saw the billboards around LA now. Jerseys Austin are Reeves. in. Jerseys are in, and I get player jerseys. I don't do the the custom jersey with like my last name. That's not my vibe. Another thing, I'm kind of over. I'm kind of over the fresh prints. Some of the TV jerseys, because I know that there's a brand now that's done it and is done from Major League to all the like Mike, like all the movies. Like I'm kind of over that. I don't want that to be a fashion statement anymore. You know what I'm saying? I think baseball jerseys are underrated um, as an outfit choice. You button up your jersey, you put some jeans on, you let the chain hang out like Grant, and it could just, it could really like, it could really be much better. But we have to discuss this more tomorrow. We got to get out of here. As always, follow us, Sporting Trib, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, 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 YouTube. Go subscribe, youtube.com at the Sporting Trib. Grant, Brandon, Armand, thank you guys. I'm Adrian Hernandez. We will hear and see you guys manana. Be healthy, be easy, and don't be a hater. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.